Hello, and welcome to Code Conversations, a podcast series from Mycenaeum Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss code revisions and difficult to decipher concepts surrounding the 2023 NEC, all in 10 minutes or less. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector, and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM Magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content, including what's wrong here, moving violations videos, and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're gonna talk about the dangers that that can accompany improper wiring of flexible cords and cables that must comply with installations noted in Article 400. So it looks like the wacky installation we're gonna talk about today is one you came across um, when the maintenance manager for an apartment building called you to check out some curious wiring he found inside one of the apartments. Can you tell us a little bit about the installation and why it violated the code? Sure, the, the tenant that lived in the apartment had apparently taken matters into his own hands when installing a chandelier over the table in his dining area. He bought some two wire flexible lamp cord at the local hardware store and used that for wiring the chandelier. He anchored the flexible cord and the chandelier directly to the concrete ceiling using steel anchors and screws for the chandelier and plastic anchors with screws for securing the lamp cord. Okay, so can you explain to our listeners why that's a problem and what safety hazards uh, that presented? Well, when we, when we took a closer look at it, we could see that the anchors securing the zip cord or lamp cord to the concrete ceiling were installed between the two conductors of the cord and were actually pinching the cord to the ceiling. Amazingly though, it never short-circuited. This flexible cord was run from the chandelier on the ceiling, then across the ceiling to the wall where the other end of the cord was then run down the sheetrock wall in a narrow notch that the tenant made in the surface of the wall from from the very top of the wall all the way down the wall to just above a duplex receptacle installed on the wall where the cord was then pulled out of the notch and was connected to that receptacle using a cord cap installed on the lamp cord. The notch in the wall was then plastered over by the tenant to repair the notch and conceal the cord. Right, since it was only a two wire cord, chandelier was not properly grounded or bonded. And although the cord was pinched and damaged, thankfully, it didn't cause any arcing or sparking. Yes, that is good. Um, so what specific NEC requirements uh, did that violate and why? Well, using a flexible cord in this manner violates several list items of section 400.12, including items one, four, and five. Now item one prohibits flexible cord from being used as a substitute for the fixed wiring of the structure. Chapter three, wiring methods should have been used for wiring this chandelier. Item four prohibits flexible cord where it's attached to the building surfaces, such as the concrete ceiling of the apartment. And item five prohibits flexible cord where it's concealed by walls, floors, ceilings, or or even located above suspended ceilings or drop ceilings. Mm -hmm. Concealing the cord behind plaster in that long notch on the surface of, of the apartment wall was definitely a violation of item five. Right. So if that wasn't bad enough, uh, were there any other problems related to this lousy use of a lamp cord? Yes, the other huge problem 
was the lack of bonding and grounding for this luminaire. Section 410.42 requires exposed conductive surfaces of this luminaire, and this was a brass chandelier, uh -huh. to be connected to an equipment grounding conductor. The use of a two-wire cord made that impossible. If there was a fault inside the fixture or if the cord got damaged where it was pinched between the metal fixture canopy and the concrete ceiling, all of the metal parts of the chandelier could have become energized and with no way to trip the circuit breaker. Wow. That could have posed a real shock hazard to anyone touching that chandelier. Uh -huh. I suppose it could have also increased the risk of fire from a short circuit or arcing because the screw shell of the lamp holders would have been and they're grounded, they would have been in very close proximity to all the energized metal parts of the chandelier that was formed around the lamp holders. Right. Um, why do you think electrical installers sometimes go wrong when it comes to interpreting these uses not permitted for flexible cords and cables? Is this always a matter of shoddy workmanship or are there misconceptions when it comes to this, what seems like a straightforward type of installation? Well, in this particular case, I think the tenant may have had enough knowledge about electricity and wiring to make an installation that functioned, but not enough knowledge about code to make an installation that was safe and code compliant. Unfortunately, I have encountered many other installations where installers also knew just enough about electricity to make a dangerous installation, but not enough to make it safe. Even well-trained and knowledgeable electricians sometimes have misinterpretations and misunderstandings when it comes to installing and using flexible cords and flexible cables. Understanding that 400.10 only permits flexible cords and flexible cables to be used for 11 specific applications in conjunction with the restrictions imposed by 400.12, I think is the key to understanding what is permitted and what is prohibited. Uh -huh. By the way, table 400.4 can be referenced to determine which wiring is considered a flexible cord or flexible cable. For example, lamp cord type C, uh, that's, a, that's a cord, and then SJO and SO are also considered flexible cords, while type G or type W are considered flexible cables. And there are many other flexible cords and flexible cables also specified in table 400.4. Okay, that was a great explanation. Thank you for that. Um, uh, in closing, do you have any final recommendations for maybe best practices that would ensure code compliant installations when performing this type of work? Again, I think installers must use section 400.10 in conjunction with 400.12. 400.10 states flexible cords and flexible cables shall be used only for the following. And then it goes on to list those 11 situations where it would be permitted to install and use flexible cords and flexible cables, including, but not limited to, wiring of luminaires, connection of certain appliances, wiring of cranes and hoists, along with several other permitted uses. Now, just because 400.10 gives permission to use flexible cords or flexible cables, it does not mean installers can do whatever they want without limits. 400.12 imposes restrictions on the uses of flexible cords, flexible cables, power supply cords, and even cord sets, also known as extension cords. Uh -huh. There are seven prohibited uses specified for this equipment. 
including list items one, four, and five, which we mentioned earlier. Other prohibited uses include, but are not limited, to where they are run through holes in walls, floors, or ceilings, or even run through doorways, windows, or similar openings, and where subject to physical damage. Installers must familiarize themselves with all of the requirements and restrictions in 400.10 and 400.12 to fully understand what they can and cannot do with flexible cords and flexible cables. Absolutely, and there is a lot to know there. So that was a great discussion. Uh, it looks like we're about out of time for this one. Uh, thank you, Russ, for sharing your unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank managing editor Ellie Coggins and editor Michael Morris for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of our readers and listeners. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. That's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future. And don't forget to check out our website. Thank you and have a great day.